0: Welcome back to the Jeff Becomes Jeff podcast. It is puppy time. Y'all ready for this? That's right, as you may have heard me mentioning in the last episode that I was planning on potentially getting a puppy, well, I got a puppy. I don't really have a whole lot of updates to provide to you because pretty much all of my time has been completely consumed by the puppy who is named Coda, C-O-D-A, which in music means to kind of go back and do something again, and since this is the first time that I've had a dog, since my old dog Zola passed away in December of 2019, it's kind of like being a dog dad again, so she is my Coda from a dog dad perspective. As I'm recording this, she is currently in her room, which is my laundry room that I kind of cleared out except for the washer and dryer. And it's got bedding in there for her. And she goes in there to sleep and chill out multiple times throughout the day and also overnight. So I'm hoping my voice doesn't carry through all the vents and she can hear me. And she's like, where's Dad?" I don't want to hear her whining. She's really good about a room when she goes in there. She doesn't whine. She doesn't scratch. She doesn't bark. She doesn't do anything. She goes in, lays down, takes a nap. But I'm usually pretty quiet around the house or just have TV on low in the background or I'm just not here because I'm at work. So before getting into all of the stuff I've experienced in the first week as a puppy dad again, I do want to point out that it was not that long ago, I mean, a few weeks ago that we had four UFOs shot down over North America and no one is talking about it anymore. No one cares. No one wants answers. It's just like, okay, whatever. This is proof that the government can do anything they want and completely get away with it because we as a dumbed down social media society have gotten trained to basically have the attention span of a 30 second TikTok video. But again, while we know that one of those four UFOs was what we consider to be a Chinese spy balloon, the other three, no one knew what the hell they were. As a matter of fact, the government couldn't tell us what the hell they were, but they still went ahead and shot them down with missiles that cost. $400,000 each. Now, you don't spend $400,000 on a missile to shoot down something that's not a problem. We didn't shoot down the Chinese spy balloon, at least not until it traversed the entire country. But again, no one cares. No one's asking questions. No one's demanding details. However, if a public figure speaks out against transgendered people, you can bet your ass it's going to be in the news 24-7 every single little detail until that person is beheaded. Speaking of transgender people, Canada is now jailing people for speaking out against children's events, that host transgendered or drag queens that are half-naked, butt cheeks, being twerked in the faces of toddlers and babies. But if you speak out against it, you're going to jail. We have to demand accountability. We have to pay attention to what the hell is going on. We have to speak up, because if we don't, as a collective people, we are fucked. Alright, so that's pretty much all I wanted to bring up really quick. Like I said, I don't really have any updates because my entire week has been consumed with CODA, so the entire episode is going to be dedicated to that. I want to remind everyone before I dive into puppy time that you can follow me on social media on TikTok, Twitter, Instagram, or Facebook at Jeff Becomes Jeff. So I'm just going to take you through a chronological timeline of me meeting Coda and then having Coda and the experience that it has been for the past nine days. I only covered, I want to say, eight days in this because I had to do the podcast prep and I didn't do it right before I'm recording this. So we're going to start on day negative two, as I call it. So this would have been two Wednesdays ago. I'm currently recording this on a Saturday. So I had started kind of looking on websites of local shelters, one in specific that was the one that I got my cat Cessna from, and I saw a couple puppies on there that I was like, oh, I like those, and Coda was the one that I kind of had my eye on based on her picture, the fact that she's a retriever mix. I don't know mixed with what, I don't know, but I know that retrievers are notoriously good with cats and just very intelligent in general. However, I didn't want to get Coda on that Wednesday because I was going to work in the evening, And then I had to work the following day on Thursday. So my plan was to get her on Friday when I didn't have work. I didn't have anything to do. I could spend the entire day with her, help her get acclimated to the new home, her little room that I have set up for, and all that happy crappy. So again, day negative two, two days before official adoption was two Wednesdays ago. So I went into the shelter. I walked into where the dog area was. It was heartbreaking. I mean, it was all I could do not to break into tears, just being in that place and seeing all these sad doggy and puppy faces.
1: Hi, I'm Sarah McLaughlin. Please say you'll be the answer for an innocent animal who's suffering right now. An animal who needs your help. Please, call the number on your screen.
0: But luckily, Coda was the very first dog I was greeted by, and she was just sitting there quietly looking up at me. And I knew from the website that she was the one I had my sights set on, so I asked someone if we could go into a room and I could meet her and spend a little time with her, which I did. She was very sweet, very playful, she was a little nippy, but I know that's pretty common in very young puppies. She was only almost 12 weeks at the time. But after a very brief interaction with her and knowing that I had to be at work shortly, I went ahead and went back to the front desk. I filled out the paperwork, I paid for the adoption, and luckily since my plan was to pick her up on Friday, that was a good thing because they wouldn't hold a dog for longer than 48 hours after the adoption process. So it worked out perfectly and I was going to be able to get her on Friday morning, which would be where we're getting to now, day one. So last Friday. So I got to the shelter a little after 11 o'clock in the morning, and actually as I pulled into the parking lot, Coda was outside being walked by a shelter employee, and I don't know if she recognized me or not, but she was definitely very friendly and happy to see me as I was walking up the sidewalk where she was kind of peeing and sniffing around in the grass. So I stopped to give her little kisses and a little bit of lovin'. And then I went inside to basically follow up and finish on the paperwork because she was actually due for a booster shot on that day. And since I had waited to pick her up, they were like, well, we'll just go ahead and do it before you get her. So I went and had to swap out the paperwork that I would give to my vet so that it was current while they were finishing her walk and getting her prepped to be picked up. I already had a leash and a collar. I'd already bought all the stuff. The house was pretty much ready to go. There were only a few things that I needed, but I knew that we were going to go to PetSmart on the way home so that we could get those last few things. And also just, you know, the excitement for her of just being out in the world, getting to see the inside of a store, getting her first car ride. So not long after I got in there and did the paperwork swap out, they bring her out and the staff are all, you know, sad that she's leaving and they're wanting to try and give her loving, but she was wanting none of that from them, but instead just darted toward me, jumped up, started licking my face. So I think she knew, daddy, daddy. (gasps) And her name at the shelter was, here we go. You ready for this? Y'all ready for this? (laughs) we <laughs> Fork. What? Yes, Fork. They named her after a tined utensil. Dumbest name ever. I'm so glad that I had every intention of changing her name. So as we left the shelter, she was actually a little hesitant. You know, that's what she knew was home and she was kind of, I had to tug a little bit at the leash and finally went over and just picked her up, walked her over to the van. She was shaking a little bit when I put her on the passenger seat, but she calmed down and I just kept my hand on her the whole time and she was just being very quiet, very sweet, which every car ride we go on, she is extremely calm, very sweet. We haven't done a lot of car rides yet, but I'll tell you what, if I ever need a break from her hyperactiveness but it's not time for her to be sleeping, putting her in a car, not a bad idea. So we went to PetSmart and of course everybody's like, oh look at the puppy and I still needed to get some treats, some training treats for her. I needed to get her a food dish and a water dish and I wanted to get her some teething and chew toys and in my mind I'm thinking, well, I'll let her pick them out. Yeah, duh, this 12 week old puppy she's so overwhelmed by everything around her and she, you know, can't reach things higher up on the shelves so of course I just pick the stuff out for her. I will say that at one point I'm walking around, I cannot find the training treats and I keep going up and down the aisles, looking down the aisles to see if I can figure out where they might be and I looked down and she has this, what's called a bully stick, this tiny little kind of rawhide stick treat thing that she's got in her mouth hanging out like this cigarette. And I can see this price tag hanging off of it as well. And realized that as we had walked past one of the end cap displays down on the bottom shelf were a variety of these bully sticks and she had just grabbed one. So for the remainder of the trip through PetSmart, I was constantly going, Coda, no, no stealing. Coda, no stealing. No stealing, Coda. Bad
1: boys, bad boys, you gonna do? What you gonna do?
0: Finally, I found the training treats, and that was the last thing I needed. So we went ahead and checked out, and you know she was again being a pain in the butt in the parking lot, trying to get back to the van. Once again, had to bend down, pick her up, walk her over to the van, put her in, and we were making our trek for her to see her home for the first time. She very cutely fell asleep on the passenger seat of my van on the trip from PetSmart to my house. About a I don't know fifteen ish minute trip, but that made me feel good because it let me know that she was comfortable enough in my presence to just fall asleep. I, she was also probably worn out because she. Had been up for hours since the time that I had gotten there and she was being out peeing and then, you know, the finishing the paperwork, getting her, going to PetSmart, which we were in PetSmart for probably at least a good 30 minutes. So she was bushed and little, little baby went to sleep. Now, again, I had the house fully prepared. I had a crate set up in my bedroom that the whole intention was that she would sleep in the crate in my bedroom with me at night. She had the laundry room as her room with bedding and, well, what was supposed to be potty training pads. Unfortunately, I forgot to buy those at PetSmart and realized it when I got home I was like, son of a bitch! My daughter had recommended to me that I order these washable, reusable potty pads, but I'm like, you know, I don't want to spend the money on something that I'm going to constantly have to be loads of laundry, so I had already ordered a two-pack of them and was going to use them kind of in conjunction with the disposable potty pads. A great conjunction comes. But those weren't arriving until Sunday, two days later, so I knew at some point I was going to have to go out to Kroger or somewhere and get some pee pads for her room for when I would be gone or when I would put her in there to nap. Luckily, the floor in that room is like a faux hardwood, so that was kind of the reason I picked that room, so it would be easy to clean. But still, I just didn't want puddles or piles, you know, being in the room that weren't as contained as possible. So we get into the house and of course, Cessna, my cat, not too thrilled with all of this activity, and even at this point, nine days later, every time Coda is in the house, she is on a leash, and that leash is tethered to either the coffee table leg in my TV room or the kitchen table leg, obviously, in my dining slash kitchen area. In the event that I can see that Cessna is up on the table sleeping and not paying attention... I will let her off the leash and give her a lot more freedom, but from all the research I've done, I found that this is pretty common, especially when introducing a new puppy and a new cat, that, you know, the dog may need to be leashed indoors for weeks, potentially. And of course, this is just to keep my cat safe, despite the fact that Coda was only 12 weeks old, 13 weeks old now. She's still bigger than the cat, you know, significantly, and she bounces and gets crazy with energy, so she could easily accidentally hurt Cessna. So the rest of the day was me just getting her used to a room, starting to get her set on a schedule, getting her used to taking walks, which I'll tell you the first walk we took when we got back to the house, she immediately knew which house was ours and went running up the driveway. So she's a very smart dog for sure. And it was a very exhausting day. I never actually got around to introducing her to the crate in the bedroom. And since she seemed to be good with her room, which I found this out because I'm like, I got to go to Kroger. So at one point I put her in her room, closed the door and I took a trip to go to Kroger, which I hated because it was day one. I hated leaving her in the house alone, but it's just something she needed to get used to. I was going to be at work the next day, but that way I could go get some pee-pee pads. But that night, since I hadn't introduced the crate, I just went ahead and let her sleep in her room overnight, and she was perfectly fine with that. In fact, that's what I've done every single night. So, day two, last Saturday. So the school that I work for, our premier elite band that we call the House Band, they had a gig at Nationwide Arena playing in between periods for the Columbus Blue Jackets game, so instead of going to the school for my normal hours between noon and five, I had to be at the arena around 10 a.m., so I actually had to leave the house at 9.30, so I was up pretty early, like 8.15, so I could take her on a walk, make sure she potted, feed her, yada, 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 and get out the door by 9.30. Now, I also had a gig that night, so I knew that I was going to be gone for a majority of the day, so I'd already worked out with my daughter that she was going to come over to the house, spend time with Coda, which she did she got there, I don't know, an hour and a half, two hours after I left for the Nationwide Arena thing, and stayed there until I got home, so then Coda was only locked up while I was gone for my gig, which was all of about uh, four and a half, five hours. And I knew she was going to be locked up for close to seven hours the next day while I was at work, so figured, might as well kind of just start getting her used to it. I will say that when I went down to get her on Saturday morning of day two, I had kind of considered that night setting an alarm for myself around like 4 a.m. to go check on her, let her out, um, because all the Research I had done had said a puppy her age wasn't really going to be able to hold their bladder for an entire duration of an overnight. But I'm like, you know what? I'm just going to, I want her to get used to these potty pads. And if I'm constantly taking her out, she won't know she needs to pee on those. So instead, I decided, you know, I'm going to let her sleep for just eight hours straight in her room. I'm going to put a potty pad down so she can get used to that. So when I went down there the next morning, I couldn't tell that she had even used the restroom. So she holds it really well. She, however, had completely demolished the potty pad, and it clearly is filled with, from an absorbency perspective with all this white, powdery dust, which, boy, that was a pain in the ass to clean up. But I will say that when I put her in a room to leave, well, the night before, when I put her in a room to leave for the Nationwide Arena thing, she never whined, she never barked, she didn't paw at the door, she is perfectly fine with her room. So I got home from that event around 4.30. Like I said, Zoe, my daughter, was still there. She hung out for about another half hour, and then she took off. And before I needed to leave for my gig at 6.30 i took her for a walk around the neighborhood and down the street from me as we're kind of walking back toward the house she's already done her business two of my neighbors were kind of standing talking to each other on this porch and this big older black dog was sitting out on the porch completely untethered as those two talk and as we're walking in front of their house this black dog just starts to run toward us and i mean when i say big i'm talking big both fat and large and the owner on the porch is yelling bear 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 and bears not paying any friggin attention and keeps charging at us and i'm like for a second i'm pausing thinking well hopefully the dog will just stop and i could i've already been able to tell from walks that coda is very fearful of other dogs when she hears barking she freezes up so I you know, don't know how this is gonna go. And as soon as I see this dog is not listening and he keeps coming at us, I had no choice but to just yank on the leash. And I'm trying to pull Coda up into my arms and she's kind of like dangling from the leash, which I know had to be uncomfortable, but I'm just trying to get her from getting hurt. Or for all I know, just out of fear, what if she bit the big dog even if the big dog was friendly and then the big dog said, well, screw you, I am gonna bite you. So finally, as I'm trying to get Coda who's twisting underneath me and slightly dangling still, as I'm starting to get my hands underneath her, she bites down on my hand. I mean, just fearfully, not trying to be mean to me, but broke the skin. i am now got a little bit of blood coming out. And the lady on the porch is like, the dog's not gonna hurt you. And I'm thinking, how the hell am I supposed to know that? You have a large black dog sitting on your porch, completely unrestrained. Clearly the dog doesn't give a shit what command you're giving it because it just charged us, you bitch. So all that to say, that did not help with Coda's fear of other doggies. So now my adrenaline is up. I'm sweating, my heart is thumping in my chest. We walk back to the house really quick because I gotta leave in like three minutes for this gig. I've already loaded the van. I'm trying to stop the little bleeding on this little bite wound on my hand. It was just one spot from one of her teeth. It's not like she bit down with all her teeth all around my hand. So finally I leave for my gig. I'm flustered and you know I'm just still a little worried. I hate leaving her at this point. I just haven't had enough time to really know how she copes with when I'm gone. You know, she's done really good with not potting, but will she do good tonight? We'll see. So I' Finally got home from my gig around 1130, and once again, not a single mess in the room, no pee, no poo. I didn't put a pee pad down because I knew she was going to destroy it, and I didn't want her ingesting that powder. Luckily, I also knew that the reusable, washable pads were going to be coming the next day, so it was just like, you know what? Screw it. If she pees or poops, it's a hard surface. I'll just clean it up. But there was nothing. She did a great job. So that day I was just completely exhausted. My schedule was completely different now from the way it used to be. And also just between, you know, all of the physical activity of the event at Nationwide Arena and the gig itself, all the walks I've been taking her. I mean, I was just completely run down. I'm tired. Tired of playing the game. Ain't it a crying shame? I Also, since I was getting home at like 11.30 at night, it was weird scheduling for her, so I had to let her out for about an hour just to get some energy out before putting her back in her room for bed. Now, based on the schedule, I was kind of planning on setting up for her while I would be working and the routine schedule that was going to start the following Monday and also researching roughly how much sleep she should be getting, I I was seeing that, you know, it wouldn't be unreasonable to plan on her having about 10 hours of sleep at night. And I figured that probably wasn't a far cry from what she was dealing with at the shelter when no one was there. So that night, I put her in her room around 12.30. I probably went to bed around 1 o'clock, and I slept until about 10 a.m. the next morning. So not quite 10 hours, and that would take me into day three, Sunday, which would be a day that, once again, I didn't have any work. I didn't have to door dash, necessarily. So I was just going to spend the whole day with her, but I was going to use this day to try and establish a schedule for her. I have also figured out that she has no idea how to settle and calm down and she needs to be taking naps and sleeping pretty frequently as a puppy. So I'm started forcing her into her room every 90 minutes to two hours just to get some sleep for a couple hours. So around 1130, I put her in her room for a nap and then I went ahead and went back to Pet Smart. I had contemplated taking her to PetSmart with me at some point that day to get her some more treats and some more toys, which she is accumulating at a rapid rate of speed right now. But I was just like, you know what? Daddy needs a break. So I just just went by myself, also bought her a tie-out for the backyard so that now, you know, it wasn't just walks. We could just go out in the backyard. I could hook her up and throw the tennis ball, do whatever, and she had a lot more freedom and range to run, pee, poop, whatever However, even at this point, I have to be outside with her when she's on the tie-out because she's just paranoid. If she hears barking dogs, which there's plenty in the neighborhood, even just on the two houses next to me, both have dogs, and when they see her, they bark, so then she freaks out. She She's pretty much the same way when she's kind of tethered, like say in my TV room and her leash is tethered to the coffee table. If I get up and walk into the kitchen or do something, she hops up in my recliner and just sits there and watches me. She's like, she does not like it for me to be out of her visual line of sight. Despite the fact that in her room, she doesn't really give a shit. She's perfectly fine in there. I'm just guessing she probably feels safer in there because it's enclosed and it's smaller and dark, but I will definitely have to start getting her in the habit of being on the tie out without me so that, you know, especially as the weather gets warmer in the spring, I can just put her out there for an hour if I want and let her just do whatever the hell she wants to do. And I don't have to be sitting out there and I can actually get a little bit of mental rest or do things like what I'm doing right now with recording the podcast. And of course, I'm having to do this and schedule this at a time that I know she's going to be in her room. Despite the fact that I know there's a chance she's hearing me in the house and maybe it's not allowing her to sleep as well as I'd like her to. So overall, Sunday was successful. I was getting her established on a schedule. I will say that at this point, I have now discovered that she's pretty aggressive at nipping. She's not a biter. I mean, she's not doing it, when I say aggressive, I mean, she's just eager and she's playful. She lunges sometimes to try and get at my hands. She doesn't really try and bite much of anything else unless I'm really holding her back, but she just wants my wrists, my arms, or my hands. So I'm constantly trying to deter her and get her to try other things. I had bought a, what's called a Kong toy that you kind of fill with treats or food or whatnot, free. It and then give it to her and it's supposed to keep her occupied, but she's really smart If the little bit of a treat or something is sticking out She knows to grab it with the tip of her teeth pull the whole thing out and then eats the whole damn treat Or if the treat is too far recessed inside that all she can do is lick it Then she gets really disinterested really fast So this will take us to day four which would have been Monday and boy was my body still adjusting to the new schedule I was really tired, but I mean, you know, I got no choice I got to get up. I can't just let her be in there for an extended period of time especially from an overnight. So I went downstairs around 930 in the morning, fed her, let her out, and then took her into the TV room where I tethered her to the coffee table. She's got all kinds of toys in there, chew toys, tug of war toys, turned on the TV and just kind of tried to play with her. And now I'm starting to, you know, I'd done some Google research how to stop her from nipping and biting when playing and focus on her toys. And you know, of course, they're like, well, you just got to be patient. I mean, she's teething right now, so it's just it could take weeks. Before you get her to realize that rough play is not acceptable play. I mean I was trying where you're like ow ow Ow! No! Ow! Where you act like you're being hurt and it's supposed to be an instinct that they hear from other dogs and puppies and it makes them be like, oh, I need to stop. She doesn't give a shit.
1: Frankly, my dear, I don't give a damn.
0: I try to substitute and give her toys and that doesn't necessarily work. In fact, most of the times it doesn't. So what I found was basically when she does that, you got to get up and walk away. It's like a little play timeout for like 20 seconds. Then go back in, see if she's going to behave. If she doesn't, walk away for like 20 seconds. If she doesn't behave again, put her in a timeout space like her room or a crate for like five or 10 minutes. So I'm doing this constantly up and down, up and down, up and down. Finally, a little after 11 o'clock, I put her in her room so she could take a nap until about noon. That way I could have her up from noon to 1.30ish or so when I had to leave for work. And I will tell you that I was so exhausted that when I put her in her room, I went straight upstairs into bed and I slept for basically an hour until I got her out of her room. We took a nap at the same time. Daddy needed one. I will say again that we're now on day four, still have yet to find a single indication of any kind of mess in her room from either overnight or shorter afternoon, evening lockups in her room. So she's got the bladder of a champion. I had actually thought about taking her to a park in the area close to my house in that little noon to two or noon to one 30, rather period of time between her earlier nap. And when I needed to go to work, unfortunately it was very rainy outside that day. So that didn't happen. So I went to work and you know, now this was a pretty long stretch other than overnight. This was going to be seven ish hours that I was going to have to be at the school. And that includes drive time. So once again, what's it going to be like when I get home, no problems whatsoever. I mean, yeah. She's super hyper and excited to see me, but no mess. So I basically get home from the school roughly around like 8.30. So my goal is to kind of keep her up until about 11. And then my plan is to wake up around 9 o'clock every morning. That's that 10-hour shift of the overnight. I've got it pretty regimented at this point. So other than just a lot of nipping and biting training that I was doing that night, it was just another night, and I was actually starting to feel really good. Like, you know what? I think she's getting used to my routine. I'm getting used to hers. We had a lot kind of good bonding moments that night. I will also point out, I forgot to mention that basically on day one, she knew sit. Every time I would go to open the bag of treats, she would just sit down and wait. She stays. I don't even have to tell her to stay. I still say it to reiterate the command, but I can take three, four, five steps away when she knows I'm holding a treat in my hand and she doesn't budge. Once again, very, very smart doggy. So, Monday, day four, pretty much came and went without anything special to talk about for the most part. Just more adapting for me, more adapting for her. Cessna, you know, constantly has to be around where Coda is, Despite the fact that if Coda gets too close, Cessna just starts hissing, swatting. I did make sure that I trimmed Cessna's claws before I got Coda in the event that there's contact because when they're not trimmed, Cessna's claws are like razor blades. Matter of fact, I still have a scratch healing from like a week and a half ago that I got from her. Not intentional. She was just kind of hugging my hand a little playfully and I went to pull it away and it just dragged along her nail and just went, Cut! So now here we are, day five, Tuesday, and I'm starting to realize that the Kong toy, if I put a little peanut butter in it and then freeze it, it lasts a little longer and she's just licking, licking, licking. It keeps her more occupied and she's not biting me. That's my whole goal. I'm also discovering that when I take her on walks or when I put her on her tie-out out out back, for the most part, she's pretty subdued. She's not trying to attack me in any way, shape, or form. And again, attack, that's not the right word. I'm using that loosely. It's just kind of how it feels to me when you're sitting there and you have a puppy lunging at you to try and chomp down on your hand or your arm. Mm. So I went ahead in the morning, the little you know period between when we both woke up and her first little nap around 11, 1130, I decided instead of putting these Kong treats inside of the Kong toy that I was going to put a little kibble in the toy with a couple layers of peanut butter and then freeze it and then give it to her in the afternoon and see how that worked. Would it slow her down a little bit? And it did. It worked pretty well. She just licked, 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 and then once she got to the kibble, she was eating it. But it also didn't take her very long, and then I think the the Kong toy that I got her is a small one, and it might be a little too small. I've now since bought a bigger one. I haven't filled it and used it yet. I'll explain why shortly, but I I think maybe her tongue can't really get that far into the hole. That's what she said. So she does get bored when she realizes she can't actually get at what she wants inside the Kong, and now all of a sudden, daddy's hands and arms look delicious. So, you know, normal routine goes by. We did go to the park. That day because it wasn't raining it was still a little swampy and muddy from the day before but I tried to keep her out of all of that We did notice or I did I guess we look at what an idiot I am already using the we has me and my dog <laughs> But I noticed as we were kind of head on this trail that another owner and a dog was farther back on the trail coming up, and there was this big open field area, and I didn't want to have to double back and come across this dog because it would freak her out. So we cut through this open area so that we didn't come into contact with the other dog. So I went to work and one of my students, an awesome student, brought in a gift bag for me. They knew I'd gotten a puppy and it was had all the new toys for Coda. It had little treats for Coda, even a gift card to Amazon, a gift card to Petco. It was extremely thoughtful, extremely generous, and just another reason why I have the best friggin' job in the world. So I leave work, now I'm all excited to get home, let her see some of her new toys, and I'm thinking, yay, maybe these will help keep my hands and arms out of her mouth. It will keep occupying her a little bit more. And of course, every day I've got new shit showing up on my porch from Amazon, because I'm constantly ordering new teething rings that you put in the freezer. You can hide a treat in just this that anything I can do also on Tuesday day five I was trying to reduce her feedings to just three prior I had been giving her one cup of her puppy food four times a day and every time I gave her food She would just inhale it like she had never seen food before even my daughter made that comment when she was here Last Saturday spending time with her. She's like she eats food like she's never eaten before in her life So when I get home Tuesday night now with her gift bag and her goodie bag, I decide okay she's only had one cup of food earlier today one cup before I went to work I'm just gonna go ahead and give her two cups at once so she can kind of have a bigger dinner which she wolfed down and now of course I'm showing her her new toys I've got this new freezer teething ring that I'm able to stuff these little treats into I've got another Kong sitting in the freezer that's got some peanut butter and some kibble in it so I'm giving her all this stuff and let's just say the little baby was quite spoiled that night so I go downstairs to let her out the next morning, this would be Wednesday, day six, I start to open the door and I realize there are just huge piles and puddles of puke. Like, just foamy bile. She had just obviously thrown up everything in her system. And obviously, the puke that the of the kibble that she had thrown up was not just whole pieces, because she didn't chew it. She just inhales it and swallows it. And of course, I'm thinking, oh, this poor little baby. She must be starving. She didn't keep anything down. So I gave her a cup of food for breakfast. Big mistake! And then I go and tether her to the coffee table in the TV room while I'm doing some stuff in the kitchen. Walk back in the room maybe three minutes later. She just puked all that up. It was already just in a pile on the floor, totally undigested. Didn't stay down for long at all. So now I'm like, damn it. I mean, I know she needs food in her belly, but I don't want to just keep feeding her. So of course now here I am Googling, 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 trying to figure out what's going on. I didn't really have anything in the house options to give her. And I'm thinking, you know, maybe she just overdid it last night. Well, I overdid it with giving her two cups at a time, treats that she'd never had before. Maybe her belly was just a upset. And, you know, one of the things I found on Google was like vomiting induces vomiting, which we've experienced that as humans before, where sometimes when you puke once now, all of a sudden your stomach is so sensitive that you could puke again. I mean, I puked before just from coughing too hard because it sets off that reflex in your stomach. So I'm thinking maybe that's the case. So I had another Kong with some kibble in it, a little bit of peanut butter in the freezer. I waited about, I don't know, an hour, hour and a half. And I gave that to her and she licked on it. Then this was was now after her little earlier in the day nap around 11 o'clock and she just sat down she still had an appetite definitely had an appetite so it kind of kept me from freaking out that she had some other issue like an intestinal blockage and she made her way through the frozen peanut butter layer and then she would get the little bits of kibble which it wasn't much and she was actually chewing those pieces because she was only getting them one at a time and everything was fine for a while then about 45 minutes later we went upstairs into my bedroom where the the useless crate sits, and I now needed to get ready for work, which required me to take a morning constitutional, or for those of you who don't know what that means, I had to take a shit. And then I also had to take a shower. So as I'm taking my shit, she's kind of, you know, hovering around in the bathroom with me or kind of where she can see me playing with the toys that I had brought up in my bedroom. But when I got in the shower, she kind of went into the crate all by herself and laid down. And I'm like, you know what? I'm just gonna let that happen. Take my shower. No biggie. I come out of the shower, and there's a nasty mess of peanut butter puke all across the front of the little bedding that I have in her crate, in the carpet in front of the crate. Son of a bitch. And of course, it's not that I'm upset that I have to clean this up. I mean, yeah, that sucks. It's nasty, but I'm really starting to get worried about her. She's not keeping anything down, so I'm like, okay, based on all the research I saw, maybe she needs, like, some white rice and some chicken. Every website I found basically recommended white rice boiled chicken. I didn't have either, but it also said, you know, make sure that they get water from time to time when their stomach is upset because you don't want them to get dehydrated, especially a puppy. So, I made sure she was getting little sips of water. Every once in a while, I was regulating the amount that I was giving her, but I was not going to put any food in her belly for a while. I was just again, following another recommendation. I was just going to make sure that she didn't have anything to throw up. So, we took our little walk through the neighborhood before I went to work, and she was a little sluggish, a little lethargic, not her normal self and we made it about six houses away from mine and she started like dry heaving this foamy bile into someone's yard and that was just probably water or just again the reaction to the fact that her stomach wasn't feeling well and now I'm just starting to panic I'm like oh no I, I may have to take her to the vet tomorrow but I was still going to do whatever I could do to try and get something in her belly and see if I could get it to settle so I hated putting her in her room to go to work knowing that she was miserable knowing she wasn't keeping anything down and even water. And on the way to work, I stopped at a Kroger. I got some white rice. And instead of like getting chicken to boil because I was heading to work, I found this can of food that was for puppies. It it literally said blissful belly on the can. And it was supposed to be like all natural chicken and veggies. So I'm like, okay, I'll get home. I'll make her some white rice. I'll put a little bit of this in there just for flavor. And we'll see if she can keep it down. If she can't, then I'm probably going to have to call and get her into the vet tomorrow. So I get the work I can barely concentrate or focus on anything because I'm just so worried about her I hate the fact that she is at home and perhaps dehydrated hasn't held anything down in almost 24 hours now and as soon as I was done with my last student I was like a bullet <sighs> flying out of that place to get to the van get home and see how she was doing try and make her some food that she could stomach I got home and there were a couple little puddles of foamy bile filled you know dry heave or whatever because she didn't have any food in her bed at this point and she was still i mean very energetic very happy to see me she wanted to be playful for the most part you would have had no idea that she was not feeling well so i got these little you know cups of minute rice that i would just stick in the microwave but then i had to cool it down of course and i opened this can of chicken and veggies and it turns out it's like more of like this pate and i'm like eh it's not what i expected so i don't give her very much at all i give her you know i don't know maybe 2 3 tablespoons of the white rice once it's cooled down one little spoonful the chicken mixed in, and she gobbled that down and seemed fine. Now, I I will back up a little bit and say that during uh, school, when I had a break between lessons, I texted my daughter because she has an an 11-month-old puppy, and I know she regularly makes, like, a rice-chicken-veggie blend for Axel, her dog, and I was asking her, like, you know, does this sound like a serious problem? And she said Axel was the same way. He would inhale his food, and it causes bloating because they suck air in that gets into their intestines, and then they throw up. And she said this used to happen to him all the time when he was a little puppy, and then it would wreck his belly for the entire day. So I was like, okay, this makes me feel better. She said, well, then we bought him a slow feeding bowl, which is like a bowl that's got all these little ridges and nooks and crannies in it, so they can't eat their food all at once. So I ordered one of those bowls at the school that night, knowing it would arrive the next day. Like, okay, I'm going to do that as well to correct this problem moving forward, assuming I don't need a vet visit tomorrow. So, now I'm back at home after school. I make the rice, put the little scoop of the pate chicken veggie blend or whatever. Like I said, she ate it. She was very happy to have something in her belly. I was feeling confident, at least in the fact that I knew she had an appetite. She took a walk and she played with me in the room. She was being her normal nippy, annoying self. I even started giving her ice cubes because I wanted to keep her hydrated, but it would almost feel like she was eating something. Also, would feel good on her teeth and her gums, so she was enjoying this brand new treat called an ice cube. Two and a half hours went by and around 11 o'clock when I would normally put her in her room for bedtime, I'm like, you know what? I just, I feel so bad for her. I want to keep an eye on her. So I had some work I had to do. So I went up into my office slash studio where I'm at now. I closed the door so goobs couldn't get in. I turned the light off and I was just working off of, you know, a glowing screen because I wanted her to be able to calm down. She was pretty chill. She knew it was bedtime and she got right behind my desk chair, laid down and fell asleep. I'm thinking, this is awesome. It's been two and a half plus hours. She's holding her food down. She hasn't thrown up. This must be working. About 10 minutes after she fell asleep, she got up, took about three steps, and threw up a big pile of white rice. I'm like, son of a bitch. So I took her back down into her room and I'm like, God, am I gonna have to take her to the vet tomorrow? I don't know. I'm concerned, I'm confused, I'm worried, but partially optimistic. So I put her in her room. She stayed there all night. I actually checked on her a couple times over the next hour. I didn't want to do it too often because I wanted her to rest and sleep, and there was no sign of any more dry heating or puking after that one little rice puke. So next morning, I go downstairs. This is now day seven, Thursday, and I open the door, and there are two really small little puddles of, well, dried up puddles of a handful, I mean, not much rice at all. Whatever was left in her belly, you know, probably mixed with a little stomach bile. I'm like, no, poor thing. She's still can't just keep anything down and I'm worried, you know, maybe she has an intestinal blockage of some sort because she loves to pick up anything she can when we go on walks or in the backyard. In fact she's a big fan of concrete and rocks, like just little loose pieces of small bits of concrete on the sidewalk. I can constantly see her go down grab something, I hear clickety, clackety clickety against her teeth. I gotta reach in her mouth, fish it out. But she was still pooping every single day. So I knew she didn't have like a total obstruction because otherwise, based on my Google She wouldn't have been able to poop. So instead of just panicking, you know, I'm trying to remember what Zoe told me Don't worry. This happens to Axel. It messes up his stomach for the entire day I'm like, okay, that was a 24-hour cycle She did hold that food down for quite a while before she threw it up I'm just gonna start her out today day seven Thursday with nothing but white rice None of the pate chicken stuff and a very very small amount. So I gave that to her She ate it and even though it had zero flavor. She had no problem problem because she's just starving at this point. She wasn't getting any training treats, any kind of treat. She wasn't getting any Kongs or peanut butter. I was putting nothing else in her belly. I was so concerned I didn't want to put her in her room for her nap and luckily just now that she's used to the schedule around 11.15 she hopped up in my lap and she's just very sluggish because she doesn't have much food in her system and thus a total lack of energy and she jumped in my lap in the recliner. She didn't try and nip at me nothing. She just laid down and took a nap. For a little over an hour in my lap. That's the first time that's happened. It was very sweet, even though I felt horrible for her. And when she woke up from the nap, she woke up because Gooby, Meow. well, Cessna, my cat, had walked in the room and was starting to play with Coda's toys, which is a bad habit that my cat has, like she's trying to get killed. <laughs> And that kind of perked Coda up, and she jumped down and wanted to reclaim her toys, and Gooby ran off. And at this point, you know, I'm just waiting. When's the next puke going to happen? And now it's been a couple hours since she had that little bit of white rice. And I'm like, okay, so far so good. Let's just test this out. So I went and gave her a little bit more of the rice, more than I gave her that morning. This time I did add a very teeny tiny amount of that little chicken pate just to give it some flavor, just to see what's going to happen, and fed that to her. She ate. It down perfectly happy and when I left for work around 1:45, she had still not thrown up now we're going on like 5 hours since that little bit of white rice and all the research and googling I've done so much googling this week but all the research and googling I did said that basically you know around 6 hours I mean a dog's food is poop it's completely digested so I'm thinking that's a good sign however I was like you know what I need to get some protein in her system but I still need something bland easy on her stomach I'm gonna stop at Kroger on the way to work. I'm going to buy some chicken breasts. I'll put them in the fridge at work and then take them home with me, boil the chicken, and now start adding that to the white rice. Also knowing that the slow feeder bowl that I had ordered the day before was going to be waiting for me on the porch when I got home. And of course I spent the whole day worrying. It wasn't as bad as the day before because I was a little more hopeful but I also knew if I got home that day and there was more puke in her room and she still hadn't held anything down a trip to the vet the next day was absolutely imminent. So with i'm driving home from work i'm just all i'm thinking is please 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 please. no puke please and that was not because i didn't want to clean it up it's because i wanted her to feel better i want her to eat and i will say i got home open the door nothing no puke no pee no poops And I'm like, yes, she has absolutely kept all of this food down. So I gave her just a little bit of plain white rice while I boiled the chicken just to tide her over because that took about 15 minutes. Didn't give her a bunch. Once the chicken was ready, I gave her a mixture. We're now using her new slow feeder bowl. You know, she ate that more slowly because she had to. She had to get around all these little obstacles. And of course, though, I'm still waiting. It's just like a game like, when's the next puke? When's the next puke? When's the next puke? (laughs) Now stop it! And it never came. As a matter of fact, at the time of doing this show prep Thursday night, I did the same thing I did Wednesday, where I brought her up into my office at 11 o'clock so I could work. And she once again, just laid down behind my desk chair. She slept and no throwing up. Finally, after about a half hour, I took her back to her room just to let her be in a more quiet space. But ever since then, I've just been giving her the white rice. I had plenty of boiled chicken left over that I shredded up. And actually last night I did start introducing just a small little handful of kibble to the mixture and I'm going to start kind of changing that balance until I can get her right back to her puppy chow and I'll probably still do the white rice and boiled chicken thing occasionally just in case she has a sensitive stomach. I have given her a Kong that had a little bit of peanut butter and a treat inside. She couldn't get to the treat but she did eat the peanut butter so she's totally back to normal at this point and super hyperactive. Back to nipping and biting and being a little bitch but I'm very patient, and, you know, I just follow the training tricks. When she does that, I just get up, walk away. And then she just sits down and looks at me like, what did I do? And I would just keep doing that over and over and over again until the problem is solved. I mean, as of today, she's still 13 weeks. She is in the early prime part of puppy teething, and she just has a buttload of energy when she's awake. So, that has been my first week plus with Coda, the new puppy. I do want to say that getting her has had had a lot of positive impacts on me despite the exhaustion and the constant time needed and the impatient patience of trying to train her on certain things. But, you know, I'm back, like I said, to a normal sleep schedule, a normal human sleep schedule. Before I got Coda, it was not uncommon for me to go to bed around 4 or 5 a.m. and sleep till about noon. What? Because I usually don't need to be at the school until about 2 or 2.30. But that's not really healthy. Also, you know, getting home from work at 8.30 on most nights and then staying up till 5 I was consuming a decent amount of beer just kind of drinking throughout the course of like 7 hours. Now I'm only up for a few hours after I get home from school. I'm walking constantly. I'm getting miles of walking in every single day taking her for walks. Every single day since I've had her I've closed the three rings on my watch of exercise stuff. Prior to getting her I was never closing anything but my stand ring. Also you know if you remember from my last episode where I talked about just all the depression I had gone through in the last few years and how it was not uncommon for me to cry on pretty much a daily basis just watching a TV show or a movie or listening to a song. I have not cried once since getting CODA. i probably too preoccupied but there have been opportunities. I actually have been kind of binging Friends on HBO Max because it's something I've seen every episode before so I can have it on in the background. No big deal. If I go outside, out back forget to pause it and I miss something not the end of the world and of course there are going to be scenes and stuff that are nostalgic and touching even in a show like Friends and yes there have been a couple times where I got a little welled up or choked up but no crying no tears so to me that's a huge positive I mean now that I have my kids not living at home anymore and I had primary custody of them prior to when they became adults and moved out I just really didn't have anything that I needed to be responsible for or set a personal schedule for. Cessna, she doesn't give a shit. Like, all I have to do to make Cessna happy is go sit in my chair a few times a day and watch a movie or TV, and she just hops up in my lap and gets loving, or she comes sleeps with me at night. I don't have to make an effort. Unfortunately, my scale in my bathroom is dead. The batteries are dead. They have been for a couple weeks. I keep forgetting to open it up, look at it, and figure out what battery I need to buy to replace it. But I have had to have lost at least five pounds in the last week with all the walking up. I've done, not eating a ton because I don't want to eat around her, especially when she was not feeling well. I mean, honestly, at this pace in the next six months, I might be in pretty good shape. Also, you know, the fact that this podcast is once again a little delayed from the last one, she's definitely kept me from kind of doing some of the stuff I would normally just have the freedom to come up and do, hence why I'm doing this while she's taking a nap. I'm going to go wake her up in about 20 minutes and we'll take some walks, we'll play, and then I'll put her back in bed at 11 and come back and start editing this. But she has also been the inspiration for this episode, so while she has kept me from doing anything in the past week, from recording a podcast, she has given me a reason to record record a podcast by providing the content. But I absolutely love her to death, despite the fact that she can be very frustrating and overwhelming at times, despite the fact that there are many days where I am just totally tired and dragging. She is such a sweetheart, and she absolutely adores me, and I was even thinking about it when Wednesday, when she was really sick and not keeping anything down. I mean, the level of worry that I had, and the inability to really focus on many of my lessons at the school that really indicated to me how even in just 6 days I had grown to just completely consider her one of my babies and a member of my family and just how much I really did care for her. And I need that cuz I don't have anything else to care for other than Goobs. I mean, yeah, my kids, but you know, I don't see them that often. Yeah, my mom, but you know, that's my mom. I'm, you you get what I'm saying. It's not like, you know, it's kind of like the relationship or the parental thing. I don't have that in my life. Anymore. That's a little bit of a void that I think this is filling. So, hopefully, happier days for Jeff moving ahead. Fingers crossed that there are no more gastrointestinal issues. as I start reintroducing her to her normal treats and her normal food over the next couple of days. All right, in the words of Forrest Gump, that's all I have to say about that. Thank you for continuing to tune into the podcast. Once again, don't forget you can go follow me on social media, TikTok, Twitter, Instagram, or Facebook at Jeff Becomes Jeff. Until next time, I'm Jeff.
1: Hi, I'm Sarah McLaughlin. Please say you'll be the answer for an innocent animal who's suffering right now. An animal who needs your help. Please, call the number on your screen. And I'm Coda. Good night. Went to the devil and I prayed. And I showed him the mess that I've made And I cried, and I cried, and I cried a million times over But the devil just laughed in my face I went to the God of Fire And said, can you turn the heat a little higher? Cause I've been burned, and I've been burned a million times over with water So I went to the the lake.